just a sort of a thought that I've had over the last you know, couple of weeks and just coming in and leading into Christmas, I, I thought, well, what, what is this season really about? It, and you look at it and sometimes you, you see the world and, and the things that are coming in, they've watered it down. I don't know if you've noticed, but Christmas cards are saying season greetings. Anyone didn't notice that? You go to some of the universities and you're not even allowed to put Christmas around the place. It's always seasons, a season greeting. And it's like they're watering down the the real meaning behind what we're celebrating. It's like all the world comes out to celebrate this season, so why not celebrate it for what it truly is? Christmas. The day our Saviour was born, the day he, he, He came into this world for one purpose. That one purpose was to connect you and I back to a heavenly saviour. And sometimes the world just says, you know, let's leave Christ out of Christmas. Let's just leave it. But I'm saying, how about we bring it back? How about as Christians we say, you know, sometimes enough's enough. I'm actually going to buy a Christmas card. Ooh, who's going to be a rebel this year? See if you can find a Christmas card. Send, send a Christmas card. Yeah, the, yeah, Christmas, they're a dollar now to send. Maybe send a Christmas email. But these things that come around. Is, so, so this morning I was just pondering over it and um, I went to the shops and, and Tim spoke about the shops last week and trying to get a park in the shops and those things. But, you know, with four kids, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to go shopping, Christmas shopping with kids. Who knows that? A, you, you've got the kids and who knows that sometimes... They're not always by your side. Who's ever had those parents? Have you ever had that experience? You go shopping, and especially with young kids. I was in Bunnings the other day, and I was walking through Bunnings, and this dad, like, he was fuming. I'm like, man, this guy needs to settle it. But then I realized he lost his little two-year-old. He's walking up and down, and and I, I love, I love Bunnings. Jason Bunnings is a good shop, but 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 I love. He was telling this lady, and and I happened to walk past, and she's like. He's like, I've lost my two-year-old. And she's like, oh, that's good. (laughs) And he's frantic. He's like, no, no, I've lost. Can can you help me? Can you tell someone? She's like, "Uh, how about you go to the front desk and someone will help you out there? I'm like, come on, lady. He's lost his two-year-old. And about five minutes later, I thought, well, okay, if no one's going to help, I'll help him. So me and a couple of other guys. And It's so funny how builders and traders, you know, they care about kids. They don't really care about anything else but smoko, but when it comes to one of their mates losing their kids, and so you've got all these traders, and the lady from Bunnings like, <laughs> oh, it's just like. But, uh, but I remember these times as we four kids, sometimes when you lose one, you know, the one does matter. <laughs> I have thought about it sometimes, coming home with three. But then I think, what would my wife say? <laughs> Sometimes I think, man, I could probably, you know, if I left, it's a two-year-old, four-year-old, which one would be the one that I would... I've thought about it. <laughs> Don't laugh. I know some of you with kids have. But, but then all of a sudden, you know that the one matters. And when you do lose that one, you always seek out the one. I remember in 2010, we decided it would be great, Carolina and myself, because she wanted to go back to her motherland, Poland. She was never born there, but her parents were. And we decided to do a trip to Poland. 
And so her grandparents lived there. And I don't know, if some of you, you know, you, you got ancestry, you, you have this thing that you've got to go back to the motherland. And so, okay, so, so we went back and we had the opportunity to go back, which was just a privilege. And, and as we went back, we took our two little ones, our two daughters at that time we had. We had Maya, and I think she was about five, blonde hair, blue eyes. And we had Layla, who was uh, two, blonde hair and blue eyes also. And so, so we took them back. And I remember going through Bangkok, the, the airport through there. And, and, and I've never had so much free stuff given to me in all my life. They would walk through and they would be giving them everything. It was like, and then Carolina goes and changes them in the, and she says that all the ladies were just staring at them like. But as we got to Poland, I remember we were in this shopping experience, and I, I love Poland because, uh, because I'm English, I, I speak English, I don't speak Polish, and it was the greatest time of my life. I never had to speak at all through this whole country. And so I would go into a shop, I would get a bargain and Carolina would go in and she would speak her Polish and all this sort of stuff and she would pay double the price and she was just like, this doesn't work. But I remember in that shopping centre, I left my two daughters with my wife. Who knows she was shoe shopping? All I remember is this, a text message. I've lost Layla. great. I I remember those 10 minutes were the most desperate time of my life. You've got to understand, I was flying over on the plane watching Taken. (laughs) We are in an Eastern European country. Dodgy taxi drivers... And we've lost our little two-year-old blonde hair, petite baby. I I remember Carolina's just going ballistic. Maya doesn't know what's going on. She's running around. We're we're frantically looking through. We look through the the shoe store. Carolina's mum there. We look everywhere. We're running down. We've got security. We've got photos. We've got all these things coming through. You know, we found her eventually. But through my mind, I'm thinking, that's it, she's gone. That one didn't matter. <laughs> but somehow, when you have lost them, it does. And so, so we, were see, we were searching, and all of a sudden, I think Carolina had the idea, well, maybe she's just back up on the second floor playing the games. Sure enough, that's where she was. And I I find that sometimes that we miss the whole concept that God searches for us in that same way. As if I read through the Bible, it, it tells me how that Jesus came to seek the lost. Is that he seeks and he searches for each and every one of us. And at this time of Christian, at Christmas... Christ was born into this world so that the lost would come into a heavenly relationship with with God. To seek that which was lost. In Luke 19.10 it says, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I look at the parable of the Good Shepherd. 
He would leave the 99 just to find the one. He would leave the 99. You know, that, that says to me, uh, uh, is that he would leave the 99 to find the one. Why? Because he loves 100%. He had a hundred, one was gone, but he searched out that one. Why? Because his heart is that all would be saved. Today he searches and he seeks for those that are lost, for those that are beyond. 1 Timothy 2, 3 to 4. For this is the good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. That's his purpose. His purpose that we'll all find the knowledge of truth. All find God for ourselves. You read through the scriptures a little bit more and you find the story of the good Samaritan, uh, the, the Samaritan woman at the well. You, you read through the story, you look through the context, the everywhere... The historic, he didn't actually have to go through Samaria to get to Galilee. It was actually the long way around. But when we look at it, it says in the scripture, but he had to go through Samaria. He said he had to come into this place, he had to meet this one, this individual. I think today is that do you know that Jesus still thinks the same? is that if you're in Samaria, he still has to go through Samaria because the one matters to him. The one matters to him. It's not by chance that God finds you. It's by divine appointment that he finds you. It's by divine appointment that you find him. It's not happenstance, it's not coincidence, it's actually divine appointment. The reason you're sitting here today isn't by chance, it's by divine appointment. I believe. Is that God has something for you. For most people in this room, we, we believe in God, we, we know who He is, we believe He's our Lord and Saviour. But for those that don't normally come or have never come to church, you know, today isn't a coincidence, a divine appointment. Is that God actually wants to meet with you. God wants relationship with you. I find this, is that when God makes a mark on your life, you can't help but influence your world for Him. I read through the Scriptures, is it time and time again, God finds them. If we look in John 1, 43 to 51, it talks about Jesus as he goes into Galilee. And as he comes into Galilee, he's, he's traveling and he, he found Philip. And he said to Philip, he says this, follow me. And now Philip was Beth, from Bethsaida the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him who, Jesus, who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
And Philip said to him, come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and he said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. I was reading through this passage and I find it funny, well, not funny, but I don't find it a coincidence that Jesus found Philip. Is that he, he found Philip and Philip's response automatically was to actually just go and tell someone else. When something impacts your life, when, when something like that takes effect in your life, you can't help but tell someone. Let me put it this way, guys, when you're playing golf, and I'm a professional golfer, not. Actually, can I tell the story, kids? This is how good me and Gideon are, Gideon on the front row. We're, we're good golfers. He's good, I'm great. <laughs> I remember playing golf with him at, where was it? Port, uh, where was it? Coffs Harbour, and we thought Carolina's 30th, you know what, the guys can go out, we went and played golf, and, and I, I don't play golf to be honest, and so we went and played golf, and I love golf, he said, I had this shot, I would hit the ball, I think I ran over a, something in the golf cart, like a rubbish bin, we fixed that up, we did all that, we, we were good, but I remember Gideon, he took this one shot, and you know what, Guys, when we go home and we brag about a hole in one, we say, "What? Well, you know what, you wouldn't believe it. I hit a hole in one. Who knows the wife's response? Like, so what? That, that's what I think. You, you know, he's gone and he's told Nathaniel, hey, listen, I found the one. I found you. And he's like, yeah, so what? Can anything good come out of it? Yeah, so what? But I remember Gideon, he, he hits it up and he, and the ball goes. And there were some guys down the other end. I have never seen a ball so precise hit the guy where it hurts. I am like, this thing was like... So we go home and, and they're just like, oh, poor man. Anyway, but the guy dropped to his knees, didn't he? So anyway, so anyway sorry, I just sidetracked there. But how many times do we go? We, we tell someone a story and they're just like, yeah, so what? Well, let me put it this way, wives. When you go for a sale and you find that dress or those shoes and you, you come walking in and, and the universal response from your husband is, yeah, what? What's different? I believe sometimes it's like that. It's sometimes when we're sharing the gospel, it's, it's like, and some people are just like, yeah, who's ever had that? You've experienced God. God's come in and he's come through you in a mighty way and you're telling someone and they're just like, uh, really? It's like when we find something, when something great happens, our natural response is that we can't help but not keep it to ourselves. 
here's Philip, he's, he's found, as God has found him, but I, I love him. He, he goes in and he, he says to Nathaniel, we have found him. It's like almost God has come and found him, but then all of a sudden, no, no, God didn't find him. I actually found him. I found the one that makes my life complete. I found that one. And Nathaniel's response is this, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip's just having one of those moments. One of those moments. It's almost like those friends that you've got. It's like, yeah, yeah, we've tried religion. We've tried church. We've tried those things, but at the end of the day, it's not about coming and trying church or trying religion. It's actually about coming and finding a saviour. It is that we come into this place and we are the church. We represent God, but sometimes we have our own personal faults. Don't judge our God upon us. We'll always let you down. But find God for yourself. And Philip's response is this to Nathaniel. He's like, well, just come and see. You know, I found, he's found me, and I have found him, but you know what, how about, you know, you, you're a bit skeptical, you, 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 how about you just come and see? Come and see for yourself. Come and experience yourself. That's, that's really what he's saying. He's saying, you know, come and see. Come and experience for yourself. God. I love Psalm 34 and 8. It says, O taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Come and find him. Come and taste him. Jesus seeks us. And when we find him, we can't help but tell the world to come and see. Come and see. My third point is this, experience will always trump opinion. Experience will always trump opinion. When transformation comes, you can't help but show the world. A man with the experiences, never at the mercy with a man with an opinion. Have you ever noticed that in life? Is that your experience will always trump everyone else's opinion. Remember back when God found you. For most of us in this room, we would know what we were doing. When we came into a true relationship of who God is, for some of us in this room, we could... feel the taste, the smell, the moment, the invitation, 
And today that moment, that place defines who we are and what we believe. As a church, we believe and pray that everyone that sets foot in this building, in this place, in this house, will experience the power and the wonder of God and that His love would be tangible. If you read in the book of Revelations, and it's one of our, Revelation, it's one of our favourite scriptures. If you've been coming long enough, it's 22, 17, and it says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let he who hears say, Come, and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires Let him take the water of life freely. Some time ago, we had a testimony came in. And this testimony came from a lady that was saved in the 80s. She'd been coming to church for a fair while. And she said in the late 80s, I was saved in the late 80s and I experienced the miracle power of God when He healed one of my children from a severe burn. I knew without any shadow of a doubt that God heals today. But throughout the years of my walk with God, my early fire of faith slowly dwindled and was replaced by what I saw instead of what I knew. I'm writing to say that my flame of hope has begun to flicker again. And at the end, she puts this little statement, I'm going for God and have recently seen healing miracles in my family. I'm going to be stopping people on the streets and praying for them. Does your experience trump the opinion of those around you? We have a God that seeks. And when he finds you, it's it's like the kids in kindergarten. I go pick up the kids. And for a while, it takes me to find out they've all got red hats, which is my kid. And it takes me a while, and all of a sudden, I I find Judah, or I find Jesse, and all of a I, I call to them, hey, Judah, Jesse, come. And they, they start coming and they turn around. Their eyes light up and they start running. Dad, Dad, Daddy's here. And they're yelling and they're running and they come and they give me a big hug. But as soon as they give me the hug, they turn around and they tell all their friends, this is my dad. They can't help but tell them. They can't help but say, this is my father. In the same way, Philip turns around, says, I found him. Come and see. Come on. Dad, dad, this is my dad. This is who he is. Today. How is your passion? How is your relationship? Throughout this season, 
as we remember the birth of Jesus. And His purpose for coming to earth is that not one would perish, but all would be saved. And as we walk through this season, that we wouldn't be ashamed to declare who He is in our lives. We have the perfect opportunity, the perfect time, the perfect season. Father God, today I thank You for the amazing church that we have. Lord, I thank You that we are here today. Father God, that we get to experience who you are. But God, we get to just come and worship you, come and praise you, come and lift our voices to you. Father God, today I pray for each and every one of us as if we would take hold of that first love, that, that desire to be with you. Lord, that we just won't let it lay dormant within our lives, but God, we'll take hold. We'll see that it wasn't a coincidence that you took hold of our life. The God that will go out and will say, Come and see. Come and see. Come and drink. Come and know a God that loves today. Today. Just our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to ask this question. Today, I don't know everyone in this building. I don't know where you stand with God. I don't know whether you have a relationship with Him. But right now, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And as praying with you, I want to help you connect back to a heavenly Father that loves you. And just as I look across, if you want to be included in that prayer, I'd just love you to just raise your hand. Whether you don't know God, or whether you're like, you know, I actually probably need to get back to a relationship. Father God, I thank you right now as you see our hearts. Lord God, seal your salvation. Seal the decisions within everyone's life here as we live for you. Lord God, this day forth, let us take hold of your purposes, of your cause on why you came to earth, why you were born in the first place, so that we could be connected to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand.